Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com internet radio station. And I am excited to be talking with you, my listeners, on this glorious day that God has given to us. And I am certain that my listeners are doing exceptional in their lives. And I want you to know that I certainly appreciate um, and I'm very grateful that you guys are tuning in to me this day. And also listening to my podcast afterwards and even beyond that. I appreciate it. Happy Mother's Day to all of my beautiful mothers um, out there. And uh, I hope your day is filled with laughs and I hope it's filled with fun and relaxation and gifts and um, and and praises and love. OK, that's what that's what we should have. All right. I want to first give it, uh give acknowledgments to all of the people who are being affected by the volcano in Hawaii. Please listen to the law enforcement personnel and other individuals who are doing their best to keep everyone out of danger. My listeners there in Hawaii, when they say you must vacate, please vacate because you know how long the volcano um, you know, can erupt. No one knows what it's going to do, when it's going to stop or, 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 you know, restart again. And I know you all are concerned about your homes, you know, for example, you know, the safety of your family, but you know, you can get another home, but you can't get another you. You can't get another families. And, and, and not to forget the storms that are raging in Montana and, um, is being, um, reported that it's heading for the Midwest and Northeast parts of the United States. And I hope that, um, and pray that you all in Hawaii and the Midwest and Northeastern parts of the United States, that you guys are all safe. Okay. And I am, I also want to give a shout out to the three Americans that were released from North Korea. I want to say welcome home to Kim Dong Chul, Kim Hak Song, and Tony Kim, after being captured for more than a year um, on May 9, 2018, uh, this is a report by Carson Yu, Megan Keneally, and Jordan Phelps, and they reported this on NBC News. Um, you know, and um, I, I just want to say that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a fabulous thing, you know, that um, I want to give you a little bit of information about the uh, detainees. Uh, Kim Dong Chul, he's the longest known U.S. detainee in North Korea, having spent at least 900 days in custody as he was accused, um, you know, by North Korea said that, you know, well, let's say allegedly was colluding with the South Korean spy agency, uh, which denied being involved with Kim. Now, he is also a South Korean born uh, U.S. businessman and pastor. And so he was arrested in October 2015 and he was sentenced in 2016 to 10 years of hard labor. Now, the other two detainees, Kim Hong Song and Tony Kim, worked uh, at the Pyongyang University of Science and Technology, and they were detained in 2017 and charged with hostile acts against the North Korean state. Once again, I am so happy that they were released. And again, welcome home to all of the detainees from North Korea. All right. Well, 
I have another fantastic broadcast for you, my listeners, along with the world's best mental health therapist, Rachel C. Campbell. Our topics that we are going to be discussing today are the following. My dinner table talk topic is is titled, What Do You Want to Be Known For? It's another fabulous take on a sermon that was recently broadcast by Joel Osteen. Then, wow, 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 all this talk about free-range children. Do you agree or disagree? The agreement between North and South Korea, is it a bright spot in our world? Are you living wisely or foolishly? Dreams and hopes for the future of your life and humanity, is it still imaginable today? There are almost enough jobs for everyone here in the United States, reported by the Labor Department. So I want to know, why are so many people still unemployed? That, that's a, you know, that's a question that my, my guest and I are going to talk about. All right, let's get started. We're going to start off with my dinner table conversation suggestion for you, my listeners, which is titled, What Do You Want to Be Known For? Now, Joel Osteen posed this question to, um, his um, individuals that was listening to his sermon on TV and in the presence of him. And, um, you know, he uh, said that, you know, this is an important question. And for me, and I feel that it is, it's a deep question. I feel it is a profound question to ask of yourself and your family. What do you want to be known for? Well, Joel says he wants to be known for what he is for, not what he's against. He also said the scripture says we are a loud clanging symbol. And how are you going to have religion without love? He continues to say what he is for. Some of the things he said is I am for people. I am for second chances. I am for mercy. I am not in the condemning business. I am in the loving business. I am in the healing business. I am in the lifting business. And I want to be known as someone who saw the best in people, as someone who pushed them into their destiny, someone who was willing to get dirty. Remember uh, last um, the, during the last broadcast, I talked about being uncommon. OK, and to go after messy people, broken people, people whose society has written off. He says, but here's a warning. When you love people who are messy, you may be criticized. He says that Jesus doesn't see what you are right now, but what you can become in spite of the criticisms you'll receive. But know you'll ever that you're ever more like God when you go after messy people. So Joel questioned, are you qualified to throw the first stone? Who are you to be judgmental of others? He says, have you ever done anything wrong? So look, listeners, I am totally on board with Joel Osteen with this topic for many reasons. And because I only have a one hour show to get my points across, um, for example, this world right now is filled with animosity, jealousy and hate and is going like 40 going north with unfortunately no end in sight. It is truly important to look at yourself from within and notice the cloth that you were woven from. And question yourself, can I benefit from an uplift of how you look at yourself and others? Why am I being so darn judgmental when, you know, when there are so many corrections and knowledge that need to be stored within me first so I can so I can be a learned student of God? 
I for myself copy all of what I just read to you that Joel Osteen stated during his sermon. But I would like to add that I want to be known as an advocate and a helpful person for people, someone who stood up for the righteousness when no one else would. I want to be known as a person who forgave and loved deep, putting God first and foremost in my life. I want to be known for being a person who loves education and being academically astute in matters that really matter. So my questions, um, listeners, for your dinner table conversations are, what do you truly think of yourself? Do you punish people for making a mistake? What business are you in helping or are you in the business of being critical? Are you in the business of punishing or are you in the business of uplifting? When someone asks you for a hand, do you give them one hand or do you give them both hands? What do you want to be known for as you are traveling along your life journey, listeners? Does it even matter to you what you're known for? Now, as I said, listeners, you do not have to take this topic of choice. This is something that I give um, to you um, starting recently in my broadcast. But the whole thing is to get everyone to sit down and start communicating at the dinner table to get to shut off the devices and have a conversation with one another. As I said, you'd be surprised of what you will learn from yourself and the ones that are sitting among you. All right. I am going to bring on my guest right now. His name is Reginald Cedric Campbell. He is the world's best mental health therapist. And as you all know who have been listening to me, he is my brother. He is smart. He is intelligent. And I totally enjoy him being on my show. Good morning, Reginald. Good morning, sis, and good morning to all your listeners, and uh, shout out to Dave. Good morning, Dave. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a beautiful day here in Arizona. We're going to be experiencing um, some triple digits again, (laughs) but uh, we'll we'll get through it. Yeah. We always have. Yeah, we'll get through it. Tomorrow's supposed to be um, a little bit cooler. It's going to be like... um, in the in the nineties, but uh being in the nineties actually I, I've told my listeners before, um even if it's two or three degrees cooler, we definitely uh can feel it and we appreciate it, don't we? Mm, oh absolutely. Those those few <laughs> degrees make a big difference. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah. All right, Rachel, let's start our conversation here for our listeners off with free range children. It's a topic that you and I have discussed uh recently on my last show. And um well, CBS uh, Morning with Gail King was again talking about this free-range children topic and uh, that it's okay for children to walk home from school alone. And, uh, well, while they were reporting on a, uh, this story, they were reporting on it yesterday, and it's titled Free-Range Parenting, um, you know, and that a law gives kids more freedom. So for all of you who want to pull that up, you can go to CBS Morning, uh, cbsnews.com and pull that story up. Now, the report says the following, uh, Reginald, when Melissa Butler, this is a mother that they were um, uh, highlighting on this report, sends nine-year-old Guy and seven-year-old Sammy off to school, they walk alone. Ultimately, she says, I decided my parenting decisions are not going to be based on fear, said Butler. She's no longer concerned because Utah's free-ranging parenting law prevents parents from being prosecuted for allowing kids to roam on their own. 
Nobody wants to see a kid abducted, but everybody wants to see a kid, wants a kid to be a kid. So how do we find the balance at Utah State Rep. Brad Daw? Now, they said they gave an explanation on what is free-range parenting. Well, the idea can be traced back to something former New York Daily uh, News columnist Lenore Skenazi wrote a decade ago. She let her then nine-year-old son ride the New York City subway and got labeled as America's worst mom. If you're neglecting a child, that's awful. You would be prosecuted if you're trusting your child and you taught them to cross the street and look both ways and not go with strangers. You're an old-fashioned parent, and that's not against the law, Skenazi says, Reginald. So now, in 2015, a Maryland couple was investigated by child welfare authorities when they allowed their then 10- and 6-year-old kids to walk home from a park. Cases, you know, like that prompted the Utah law. Now, the, the, it goes on to say, Reginald, I don't think that it's unhealthy for them to always have mom, you know, right there watching them, making sure that they're doing everything the way I want them to do, Butler says. It's healthy for them to explore and play on their own. Now, Arkansas also tried to pass a similar law, but it failed. And New Jersey is now considering one, too. Parents who support letting their children roam point, um, to crime statistics that show violent crime has actually gone down by half since 1991. So, Reginald, what in the heck is going on? You know, this mom says she don't think that is healthy, you know, for her children to always have mom around, you know, watching them, making sure that they're that that they're okay and that they're doing everything that she wants them to do and that is healthy for them to explore and play on their own. What do you think about this? You know, I think that uh, parents who uh, are being derelict in their duties as parents, who who want to be edgy and who want to be like they're, you know, modern and they're doing something different, you know, and all of this stuff, and I think it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, someone who's worked in uh, child welfare for over 25 years, uh, look, I've mm-hmm. seen the results of, and this word wasn't around, of free-range children, of children mm-hmm. who didn't have guidance. And those children end up in the Department of Children and Family Services or in juvenile detention or in, you know, criminal behaviors, drug, uh, you know, abuse, alcohol abuse. So those mm-hmm. are the free-range children that I've seen the results of for the past 25 years. And... um there's a difference between guidance and, well, you know, kids need guidance. I mean, let's just say they need guidance. They need that, uh, you know, to be taught what's right and wrong. They need to, exactly. you know, the parent needs to be the, the, the GPS system. I always like to use, to use that, you know, that you give your, your kids some, some freedom, but you're always there to know you, you need to turn left. No, you need to turn right. So, so I totally don't, don't mm-hmm. agree with that. No. Mhm. Yeah, so here's my thing. Um Reginald and my listeners and I, you know, as I said, um um my brother and I discussed this recently on the show, on my last show, and I still am very um objective to children just having the the capability of doing whatever it is that they want to do. Um, you know, uh I don't know, Reginald. I think that 
I, I totally agree with what you're saying, that they are derelict in their duties. And perhaps, Reginald, um, whether it's conscious or unconscious, maybe they, they want to be derelict in their duties. You know what I mean? Maybe they may not sure. describe it as that, but I totally agree with what you said, that that's derelict in your duties as being a parent. Why have a child if you're not going to teach them, you know, right right from wrong? You know, don't touch that pot. It's hot you know, because it'll burn you. So it's okay if your child touched the pot and maybe get a second or third degree burn when all you had to do was say, don't touch the hot pot. You understand what I'm saying, Reginald? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and or giving them, um, uh, uh, you know, little, po- <laughs> excuse me, pointers, you know, um, about potential uh, child molesters or, or um, what to do in cases of bullying um, you know, different things like that, you know, and, and just because the, the, I thought that this was a very um, uh, s- small example of you teach your child to look both ways walking across the street. There's other things that you need to uh, teach your child besides just looking both ways walking across the street. OK. And right. and even then, if they're not, you know, extremely careful, they can be hit by a car just walking across the street. OK, but now cars have the opportunity to turn on red and so forth and so on. And we have so many pedestrians as the amount of um, the number of pedestrians that are getting hit by vehicles just here in the state of Arizona has gone up exponentially. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Right. And um, it's just it, it's just so irritating to me. I mean, it mm-hmm. it really is. It's just so irritating to me. It's your job to be a and parenting. You know, we talk about this all the time. Parenting is a is a lifetime thing. It isn't yes. something that you know. Hey, when you're 18, I'm I'm done with you. That's it. I'm not. You know, you're out of here. It's like, come on, come on, people. It's so irritating to me. Be a parent. You signed up for this. Um, no one mm-hmm. said it was going to be easy, and it's your job to protect children. Uh, you know, I, I, I go back to the, the, the um, uh, of the kids uh, who organized the, the recent march the past a uh, couple months ago after, after the terrible shooting. You know, mm-hmm. kids were out there, they're organized, they march and things like that. And it just mm-hmm. did my heart so good. But on the other hand, I was so, I was so hurt and angry because our politicians you know it's it's our job to protect children and they won't do it exactly exactly and 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 see Rachel here here's my other concern um you hit on something that I was going to say next is about the politicians so the Mm -hmm. politicians are vying to pass these laws that children could be free-ranged and all that okay so then is that going to drop the other laws? You know, then it's like, okay, well, we don't have to protect them against this. We don't have to t- protect them against, um, you know, um, um, you know, predators and, and, and all of these other things that are now, you know, um, laws on the books there, you know, mm-hmm. could that be, uh, you know, you know, a, a, a possible door opener to get rid of those laws, Reginald? You know, it, it possibly could. Yes. And- you know, they want to pass, you know, these free range laws like that. But when there's still, you know, a lot of states still have some stupid laws on the book from 200 years ago where you can't walk your mule on Sundays. <laughs> you know, how about yeah. taking those stupid laws off the book about you can't mm-hmm. water your mule on Sundays? 
and, you know, have some laws that are, you know, again, to protect children. And mm-hmm. so so I, I, I just so I, I'm just so perturbed. Yeah, um, it does. It's, it's just and you see these people, Reginald, on these reports. And it's like, you know, if I could just go through the television set, you know, and ask them, yeah. what are you thinking? You know, you have these children. Why even bother? That's why I said, you know, um, there's a lot of things that could come under why even bother. You know, you and I had a little segment of that the last time. And mm-hmm. we all and I also said, well, if you don't want to be a full fledged on parent, then don't have children. Go and get, right. there's so many things out there that can prevent you from having children. Then this way you don't have to worry about it. So, Rachel, what are the kids going to have to do next? Go shopping for themselves? You know, right. we already have children that when their parents are derelict in their duties, you know, they're they're cooking their foods. A lot of times that, you know, right. they get burned from it. Uh, the house catch on fire. Um, no one goes up. So, okay, so there's an issue in school. The parent don't have to go up there and talk to the teachers, which a lot of that is happening, Reginald. A lot of the parents sure. are not engaged in their children's lives at school. I mean, it's it's just it. Yeah, it's it's real crazy. Okay, so let's let's let us move on to the next one. Okay, let's talk about North and South Korea, Reginald. Now, you and I talked about this recently, and and I want to say right now that I am so proud and grateful for the work that the North and South Koreans put into coming to some amicable agreement and not starting a war. I was in tears as I saw on television the two men in power wanting to come to some sensible common ground, not only for them, but for their people in their country as well. I just think that it it that is fabulous. Uh, Reginald, what are your thoughts for our listeners? I think it's a it's a good thing to, you know, we can always look on on the on the negative side, you know, the Fox News is and the uh you know, a lot of the, the right wing talk show hosts, everybody's got a right wing talk show host where they sit around and spew a bunch of uh, you know, right wing talking points and, and stupidity. But, you know, as John Lennon said, give peace a chance. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's time now that, um, you know, you, you negotiate, you talk. Negotiations aren't aren't easy. Nobody said it was easy. You have to sit down and hammer out, you know, agreements and things that are amicable for both parties. And, and everybody's not going to get everything they want. That's just the way it is. You know, when your kid tries to negotiate with you for something, they don't get everything they want. You don't get everything you want. So. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's great, uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, we don't, we don't need war. We don't need killing. No. We don't need bombing. Mm-mm. And it seems like it's the first thing that the chicken hawks in this country want to do. All of those politicians who ducked and dodged the draft. Uh, yeah, when, exactly. When their time. Um, yes. uh, the John Bolton. The, yes. The Donald Trump, the, you know, mm-hmm. who ducked and dodged and, and, uh, um, or this other guy, I always forget his name, you know, who, who crapped his pants for, for two weeks and peed his pants to die. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, him in the last, um, in the last show. Yeah. Right. And, and for some good reason, I always forget his name, you know, but then it'll come so to you just to like go- I said the last time. Remember, and then two seconds later, you said yeah. his name. I can't remember right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think it. I think it's a good thing. 
I think it's a good thing, and I just continue to pray that uh, positiveness uh, continues to come out of that meeting and and the meeting mm-hmm. in the future. Exactly, and I also um, um, liked when Kim Jong Un definitely came out and made the statement that Donald Trump had nothing to do with this. This is something that he and um, the South Korean president got together and and did on their own. And um and I and I love that. I, I, I love that. I, I think that was great. And speaking of, you know, the negative side, of course, you know, there was a report uh that, that's titled Former Envoy to North Korea talks about Kim Jong un is hurting. And that's his opinion. He says that I think Kim Jong un is hurting. His name is um last name is Detrani. He tells Morell in an interview on the newly relaunched podcast Intelligence Matters, produced by the CBS News. Now, Detrani argues that effective sanctions, Reginald, imposed by countries like China, coupled with impressive U.S.-South Korea joint military exercises, proved to be a persuasive combination. Now, do you think Kim Jong-un is hurting, or do you think he has come to realization that peace and love is a much more beneficial thing, you know, to be a bright spot in this world among so much darkness? What do you think, Reginald? I think he has come to realize that, well, first of all, he's, he's playing Donald Trump like a guitar, you know. I mean, like he's a Stradivarius. Just, he's just, he's just playing this dude like, you know, uh, like a, like a Led Zeppelin guitar solo. And, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, it's better for North Korea to be a part of the world organization. Then not a part of the world organization, and uh, mm-hmm. this dude knows that he 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 knows he he knows that so and you know so any positive steps any baby steps that are taken in that direction in my opinion are are good and again mm-hmm. if it you know uh, uh, Stymie's war doesn't lead to war that's always a good thing. Exactly. Exactly. No one wants, you know, no one wants war. You know, uh, one of the um, songs that I that I have uh, that 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 plays on my phone when, um, um, you know, a particular uh, person calls me. And it also is the music that plays, you know, when I set my um, set my alarm is uh, Imagine by John Lennon. Um, you know, so I, I it, it's very apropos for today. So, um Listeners out there, maybe you should play that on your radio going in or later on today as you're, you know, relaxing and things like that, you know. All right, Reginald, thanks for that. Now let's move on to living wisely or foolishly. Um, well, I'd like to ask, you know, like which one uh, are you, do you want to do, listeners? Do you want to live wisely or, you know, are you, um, you like the people who like to live on the edge, let's say, okay? Like we're talking about now being edgy. Do you think succinctly before you make uh, big purchases or do you just go out and do do it without any thought or consultation, you know, with a sensible person? According to our dailyjournal.com, um, it says in part that wisdom plays an important part in wise living and also to navigate successfully through life, making decisions that honor God requires that we seek the source of all wisdom. As James exhorts, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. Yes, call out to God. He alone can give you the wisdom to live wisely for him. 
Now, Dr. Stanley explains the difference between godly and human wisdom. He says godly wisdom is the capacity to see things from God's viewpoint and respond accordingly to the principles of scripture. On the other hand, he says, human wisdom is earthly, natural, and demonic, and it has no place in the believer's life. So now, do you think people actually intend to live foolishly, Reginald, or do they just make rare, you know, rash decisions with no thought? That's my first question. I, I think people try, on, on the most part, to try and live their lives um, uh, with, with basic common sense. Uh, we all have made purchases that uh, were were emotional, be it a pair of shoes or um, a dress, uh, a car, or uh, you know, furniture purchase. So, you know, but again, mm-hmm. that's being a non-perfect, perfect human being. Um, mm-hmm. So, but but I also think that we and 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 I've listened to a number of times to that. A particular sermon with Dr. Stanley because I yeah it's beautiful yeah I, I listen to him at um, at night as I'm falling to sleep uh, either him or, mm-hmm. or Joe or Holstein um, so but, but we do I, I totally agree with him um, uh, with his caring loving advice where he you know talks about how we do need to see God in uh, decisions that 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 we make. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and if you're a married couple of of talking about decisions uh, that that you're going to make, be it a purchase, be it you know whatever whatever it is, and I mm-hmm. think that that's honoring God uh, because you're honoring your your husband, you're honoring your wife, and then my opinion that means that you're honoring God. So, so I think mm-hmm. in my opinion it's kind of a circular motion. Or if you're not um, married, if you're a single person like myself of of uh, uh, having counsel of, you know, uh, someone or some people who you trust and who love and who, you know, love you, um, mm-hmm. you know, speak with them about those, about those decisions. Cause uh, you know, that's what I, um, that's what I do with you. Um, you know, if I, you know, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm a single guy, I'm a single man and there's decisions or things that I'm thinking about. And I uh, uh, seek my sister's counsel on this because I know she, cares about me and she loves me. I sure do. I most certainly do on both of those counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I'm all, and, and listen, listeners, this is so funny. I'm always threatening to, to spank his behind or something too. I think that's so funny, but I, I say know, that to right? all that of my siblings, cracks, but go ahead. That just cracks me up. Okay. Just to hear that. Okay. <laughs> it just cracks me up. <laughs> so, so yeah, so it's, 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 you know, it's, it's important. Um, yeah. You know, to have to have those that those that person or those people who love you to uh, you know seek seek their guidance on things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people they, you know, the the thing is is that we you know we all understand and we all want you know to have you know things in our life. Um, you know, as you had said, you know about. Um, you know, whether it's purchasing a car or, you know, whether it's purchasing, um, you know, a home um, or, you know, making some other type of move or or or, or maybe you and your wife or maybe just you want to, um, 
you know, have a business of some sort or something like that, you know, then mm-hmm. um, I, I think that the first thing that you need to do is to um, ask God to guide you, you know, and he's going to take you step by step, as as uh, uh, Dr. Stanley said, it's beautiful, beautiful sermon. And as he illustrated step by step by step, that God is not going to show you all the way to the end. And and I get that. I get that, Reginald, because as you go step by step, you're learning. You know, we need to learn that. We need to, um, you know, to um, absorb every step. You know, like Barbara Walters coined, take a little time to enjoy the view. As we're going um, through our through our life, as we are, you know, you know, going uh, in a positive direction in our lives, you know, we need to learn these steps because each step gives us wisdom, Reginald. You know what I'm saying? It, it gives us, it, uh-huh, it gives us wisdom. You know, you learned how to do this, learn how to do that. And then in the hopes, let's say that if somebody else, um, if someone else, you know, needs, needs some help or something like that, then you would be able, and they come to you for advice, you know, or if you offer advice and they, they accept it, you'll be able to give them some sensible steps, um, that may, you know, help them as they may, be in a similar situation that you were in and you could tell them, you know, how you conquered it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I, I just think, I just think that is, you know, that it's, um, that, that is a beautiful thing, you know, and that if, you know, if you make a mistake in your life, you know, don't feel bad about it. You know what I mean, Reginald? Because mistakes are the tools of knowledge. All right. That's something that I made up and I should say it a long time ago. Mistakes are, tools of knowledge but you're not supposed to keep making these mistakes over and over and over again you know um but it's very important now you you know i'm not um telling of course it you know my listeners you know that you know is that's up to you um you know if you're a believer or not my brother and i we are you know and uh and i, and I just love it um but um um i i take everything um i take everything to god first immediately no matter what it is uh a headache you know why do i have it or you know whatever it you know it is on on any and level before my feet hit the ground um getting out my bed um just saying a simple you know thank you um you know to god you know because i want you know and then i plan my day and i think we we talked about this um in the last this is kind of getting off the subject but we talked about this i think in the last broadcast original the one before um you know how important it is that you write your day of how you want it to be and then if let's say you're you you say you want to have this happen in your day and that happened in your day um don't get discouraged if you know one or two of those things didn't didn't happen in that day you know or let's Mm -hmm. say that what you asked for none of them happened in that day that doesn't mean that uh, it, it means that this is the day that, you know, that you were supposed to have and just look at it as to why am I having this day and why and what is it that I need to learn from this day. And then trust me, you know, as you go along, you know, your days, um, you know, the next day is going to get better. You know, all your days in your life are not going to be bad. They're not supposed to be bad because we are, as I said, the purveyor of our lives. So my my next question um, to you, Reginald, is. Can resurrection be a part of, let's say, the redemption once a person has discovered that they made 
you know, a foolish decision. You know, can they go and, um, and, um, let's say they made a foolish decision that maybe was not good for the family. Uh, let's say that they made a foolish decision, um, about, um, I don't know, purchasing a, a home or something that they could not afford or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because they didn't, uh, seek the advice, uh, like you and I would, um, you know, God first and then, you know, other people that you know, uh, and like, you know, like you said, uh, mm-hmm. love and care about you and they themselves have a lot of wisdom and been through the thing. So I just want my listeners know that want, want them to know that just because you may have made a decision that was deemed foolish in your life does not mean that, you know, that you are a bad person or whatever, because trust me, we all have made, you know, foolish uh, decisions, you know, um, that weren't very decisive. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's um, you know, what I said before, and I like to say it's, it's, you know, being a, a non-perfect, perfect human being. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and when we do those things, it's important for us to, uh, forgive ourselves. And, and it's, mm-hmm. hard, it's sometimes it's harder for us to forgive ourselves than it is to forgive, uh, other people. Um, mm-hmm. because sometimes we're harder on ourselves than, than anyone else. So, um, uh, and, and that's something that, that I have to do in, in my life. You know, if something didn't go right or if I made a mistake of, of, of forgiving myself and, and once we forgive ourselves, it's, uh, you know, it's like a cleansing and it's like, okay, now, all right, it's, it's time to go on. Cause, you know, cause trust me, God, and God understands. He, you know, he, he knows and that's why he came to, to earth in man born as, as Jesus Christ. So, uh, because, you know, so he could, he felt everything that we felt. He had every disease that was on earth. He, uh, you know, he, he cried, he had, you know, so, so he had all those things, you know, as, mm-hmm. as Jesus Christ. So, so, so he understands. And, it's, um, so it's important for, for us to understand that as well. Exactly. And I want my listeners to know, you know, anybody out there who is maybe going, uh, through something and, um, you know, I, I, I just want to say that, um, you know, to just get quiet. You know, and be still and know that that God is there and he's looking and watching over you and ask for guidance and ask for help. As I said to people, a lot of people will say, you know, well, God doesn't say anything. He doesn't talk to me. He doesn't. Yes, he does. You know, when we're looking for assistance in our life, when we're looking for guidance and things like that, uh, we could uh, let's just say here's an example. You, you you have an appointment at your doctor and you're waiting um, in the waiting room for your doctor and you decide to pick up a magazine and uh, Lord and behold, the first article that you read is related to the question that you're having in your head. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? And then as you're reading, the answers are right there. Has that ever happened to you? It certainly has happened to me. And and or and or um, I'll meet some stranger or something like that in the grocery line or um um, or, or I don't know, at the uh, hair salon or something, and maybe we'll engage in conversation, and uh, perhaps it'll be some guidance and some tips in there. So what I'm saying, listeners, is that God um, talks through um, other people to us and other uh, and other venues to us, and the and the way that we know 
we we can find this out is that you have to be open. You can't be closed hearted and say um, if it's not because so as you think, if so as it will be. So if you say, you know, that that's not going to happen for me, then guess what? Then that's not going to happen for you. <laughs> it's real. It's real simple. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? So I know that my listeners um, out there are just, you know, Johnny on the spot. But I just also want to, um, you know, talk to any listener out there who may be going through a little something, something, you know, your day may not be starting right or whatever. Just know that it, that is all good. And it's just something that you need to be aware of and just make sure that you are awake so that you can receive the guidance that is for you. OK, now let's move on to my next subject, which is dreams and hopes for the future of your life and humanity. Is it still imaginable today? And I also want to throw in Reginald, regardless of the craziness going on in Washington, D.C. Now, according to letterpile.com, um, it says, and I think this is so beautiful, listeners. This is very apropos to what um, we, my brother and I just got through talking about. Um, it says, the dream continues. Each person you meet could be an angel with a message for you. Each new person you accept as your mentor takes you one step closer to your dream and goals. Don't be afraid to take chances, classes, and a helping hand. I thought that was fabulous, Reginald. It was written by Debbie Brooke, um, hashtag quote, and she's she has a, a BS, MS, MA, and a, a certificate of medical uh, King Yong, and um, she is founder of Homeopathy World uh, Community. Now, I, you know, a lot of people have dreams, Reginald. There, um, you know, there has been a saying. I'm I'm misquoting it, but if you you know want to uh, know about a lot of lost dreams, go visit the cemetery. The there are a lot of people out there who did not achieve what God had locked and loaded inside of them when they came to Earth. Okay. And, and as I, you know, tell my listeners that we are spiritual beings having a human being experience here on earth. So, you know, you know, so I still have, I just want to chime in and say, and then I want you to come in, Reginald. I still have dreams and hopes for the future of my life, most certainly, and for humanity, most certainly. And, um, and, and, and I want to say that, uh, you know, in the wake of all the contentiousness, between Trump and and Kim Jong Un, and as you and I had talked, I I prayed, I prayed for the betterment. I prayed for peace. I prayed for um, you know that that there would be a common ground, and um, and and I see that has happened, and I hope that it, and my hope in my dream and my prayer is that this this commonality that has been reached between North and South Korea is long lasting. You know, that this isn't something that just for now, that it is something that they know that they have been doing for many, many years. And they recognize, you know, like, duh, you know, why do we need to, you know, to, to do all of this, this kind of carrying on these shenanigans. This it's a, it's a time waster, you know, and now what's our most precious, precious commodity, our listeners time. Why? Because you can never, get it back. Your comments, Reginald? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, without dreams, we have, we, we, we have nothing. I mean, just, just uh, thinking of Dr. King's 
I have a dream speech. And, um, you know, if you talk to kids, how they talk about their, their, their hopes, they may not say hopes or dreams or what, you know, but, but what kids talk about what they want to do and how they want to do things. Uh, be it young kids or, or adolescents, you know, those, those are dreams. So we all mm-hmm. have, have, uh, we all have dreams. We should all have dreams. And, and when our dreams go away and die, you know, we're, we're, we're stymied and, and life's stuff can definitely get in the way of our dreams. Life stuff can bog us down and, and beat us down and, and, and hurt us, you know, so much that, um, you know, we can get into a funk where, we put our dreams on the on the back burner, or we don't think we can accomplish those those dreams. Um, so that's why it's so important to for us to find a mentor or mentors um, uh, who can uh, you know who have our best uh, our best interests at heart, and who could uh, you know speak with us and and most of all listen to us and help and help guide us. Um, because trust me, all of the, you know, brilliant people, Dr. King, he had people to listen to him. He had, he listened to people. He sought the counsel of, of, of people. Mm-hmm. You know, President Obama sought the counsel <coughs> of, of, of other people. So, um, Henry Ford, you know, on and on. So I think people who have been really successful, um, uh, you know, they, their dreams weren't accomplish just all on on their own you know so, mm-hmm. so it's important for us to have those people who will help water our dreams and stay away from those people who will squash our dreams is exactly um you don't uh, need to have someone you know you're telling them you know i would like to be an astronaut and uh far too often you know ah, ha 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 you know did you already said you know and i have seen this with my own eyes, how people speaking of people, parents, in a mm-hmm. lot of cases, I'm not talking to any of you all out there, but I'm talking to you all out there who have done this, you know, how you w- will laugh and, and say, you know, oh, this is something you, you can accomplish. Why don't you, why don't you be uh, such and such or whatever, instead of telling them um, how proud you are of them for that, you know, have you decided the, the, you know, the road that you're going to need to take to get you there? How can I help you? You know, the, these kinds of things, they're not talking about building a bomb. They're not talking about, um, you know, uh, selling drugs. They're actually talking about doing something that's sensible, you know. And um, if you want to know about a lot of dreams that have gone awry, you know, everybody that's out there that's homeless listeners. Um, there Now, let me say this before I say that. There are a myriad of people out there who are homeless who want to be homeless. Now I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the individuals who are homeless. Um, and it, it, it happened to them. They don't know how to get up on their feet. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. And so if you want to hear some stories, go and talk to, you know, some homeless people, for example. And, um, or either, you know, go and talk to, um, some of the elders in your family or, you know, your mom, your dad, your, your cousin, your, your, your brothers, your sisters. Um, have you all ever engaged in deep conversations? This is why I give, uh, my dinner table talk because you'd be surprised, you know, Reginald, during these conversations, 
what can be sparked, re-sparked, you know, in these conversations. There may be dreams and goals that, that, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I, you know, I had a dream, you know, I had a goal and, and, and you, I got off track or whatever. This may be during these conversations, you may experience a resurrection. Um, of some sort of, of a dream or uh, a goal or, or something that you, that you wanted to do, um, in your life. So this is why I say it's a beautiful thing. You know, conversation is a beautiful thing. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 65, you know, I'm, I'm 72. It's too late. You know, I want to once again remind you of the woman. I cannot think of her name, but I did mention her, um, on my show, one of my previous shows. She was in the Black Panther original. I, I think I told you that. And she, she, uh, played one of her, the character she played, she was the elder, like the elder queen or something. She didn't start taking acting lessons until she was 94 years of age. 94. Okay. And then her very first, her very first original job was in the Black Panther. One of the most highly rated, anticipated, best directed movies ever. There you go. You see what I'm saying? You cannot, you know, you cannot, you know, there, you know, don't, don't be defeated, you know, uh, by this. You know, don't, you know, don't be defeated. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm old now. So, well, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm just gonna, um, you know, I'm just gonna retire. Um, you know, which, as I told you before, I don't like that word because retire is like no longer useful. I, I prefer, we also have to watch what we say. I, I prefer listeners. Okay. Um, um, I prefer, uh, to say, you know, I'm done with this portion, um, of my life, but now I'm, I, I'm taking that and that's going to springboard me into something else. You know, uh, you know, I'm no longer working at, um, uh, 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 gamble and huff, you know, for, you know, the, you know, for the, that you've been there for 30 years or whatever. So I'm going to collect my monies that I put in there and I'm going to uh, go on to something else, you know, and, you know, still, you know, exponentiate my life. You know, a lot of people think, Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, collecting my this and that and I cannot do anything. No, that's not true. That, that is not true. I want you guys to know that. That, you know, you can fully functionally work a full time job at the age of, let's say, 67 and collect your Social Security and all of that. So just think about how that will help you in your life. A lot of people just, oh, I'm just collecting this. Well, how come you're not working, too? Is 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 67 is too young to be sitting down twiddling your thumbs. You know, so I, I know I kind of got off into a thing there, but I just wanted to say that. OK, I got about. Huh? No, that was that was good. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of say that. Okay, let's let's get on to this because I got about seven minutes. Okay, Reginald, there are so many jobs um, uh, that there are not enough jobs for everyone. So my question then, Reginald, is why are there so many people unemployed? Although the unemployed numbers are down, according to ABCNews.com. At the end of March, there were almost as many job openings as unemployed people in the U.S., according to the Labor Department. Data released on Tuesday showed that 6.55 million jobs that need to be filled and seasonably adjusted data from last week revealed that there were about 6.585 total unemployed. Okay. 
a year earlier, there were approximately 5.607 million jobs available at the end of March. The unemployment rate in April declined to 3.9 percent. They're saying that it's the lowest regional since 2000, after resting near 4.1 percent for six consecutive months. It was about 4.4 percent in April 2017. I don't know. I have to check those numbers because I know when Obama and Clinton and all of them were in office, I, I always like to have set up the grid for comparative analysis. That's just me. <laughs> so, um, Original, I just like to know, you know, you, they have all of these jobs out there. So why aren't they being filled? Is it, a, is it a lack of education, you know, or to fill these positions in this country or people just aren't, you know, they're, they're, they'd rather be on their devices rather than work. What do you think it is? <laughs> I, I, I think part of it is, um, the skill level that some people don't have the skill level for, for some of these jobs and, and some of them can be basic jobs. Mm-hmm. The skill level is is not there um, because I, I I don't think that there are a lot of people who don't want a job. Uh, now I speak with uh, just say some of the some of the seventeen fourteen to seventeen year olds who I who I work with, mm-hmm. and you know some of these kids have gone through stuff. They're homeless. They're uh, uh, you know. All, you know, all of the crazy stuff, substance abuse themselves, you know, their parents, blah, 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 blah. And, and when I talk to these kids, a lot of them, one of the first things they say is like, okay, so, okay, so what do you want to do for the summer? I want to get a job. I, I want to work. So I did a group mm-hmm. Tuesday. I think it was with five guys, five young men, 14. Yeah, the youngest one was in eighth grade. The oldest one was, was a, a, I think, a junior in high school. And when I asked them, what do, you, what do they want to do for the summer? Every last one of them, the first thing out of the mouth they said was, I want to work. Exactly. So I exactly. think there's a lot of people who, you know, who, who, who want to work and all of this stigma of, you know, certain people of color not wanting to work and blah, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's just not true. Exactly. You know, there's so many fabulous stories. Yeah, I'm sorry I'm breaking you up because I I, want to try to get this other thing in. Uh, Speaking Uh, of people of color, there was um, on Steve Harvey's show, for all of you people who um, out there know Steve Harvey, and if you you don't, I, you know, go, go listen to him. And, uh, he has a, a, um, he has a lot of shows, but he also mm-hmm. has a daytime show that come on. And he had these, um, uh, I think it was about six, uh, kids on there. They all mm-hmm. were under the age of 14 and they flip houses. Okay. I think this oh is in God. Texas and they wow. have, they, they flip two houses and they have made $250,000. They brought a $3,000 check to donate to Steve and his wife's um, foundation, which Steve said, we have never gotten $3,000 check. He says, typically we do get people that give, but they don't give us $3,000. These are a bunch of kids of color that, that, wow. are, that are doing this. And also is this four-year-old boy. His name is uh, Austin. He calls himself President Austin. And he is so cute. He's from Birmingham, Alabama, original. And so mm-hmm. once a week, what he does is that he puts on a cape and everything, and he goes out and he feeds the homeless people as much wow. as he can. And he goes by the name of President Austin, and his father, his father, uh, you know, helps him. Um, they mm-hmm. go to Burger King, and he passes out as many um, sandwiches as and drink as he can. And he is so cute; he's four years old, and he says, "Don't forget the love." So, if you guys have not wow. uh, seen this, if you guys have not seen this, I implore you to please pull it up 
The title of it is four-year-old superhero President Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N, getting lots of love for crusade to help the homeless. And, 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 and I just wanted to, you know, to get that in. I, I didn't get it. Um, I'm running out of time, so I didn't get a chance to, um, you know, talk about that story, but I will more, um, you know, when I come back in two weeks, my listeners. But I wanted to get that in because I, you know, that's piggybacking on what, um, uh, you're saying, Reginald, you know, is that, um, you know, people of color, they don't want to do this. They don't, that is, that is not true. That is, that is so untrue. But, uh, when, when we come back, um, in two weeks, Reginald, we're going to, uh, um, you know, talk about, um, the, 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 you know, the, the growing number of, of, of racist acts among the citizens, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, in this country, um, you know, with the, 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 uh, the, uh, three gentlemen at Nordstrom's rack and, um, and, and, um, you know, a few other things. So we're gonna, we're gonna engage in those conversations. And yes, listeners, I have talked about racism before and I'm gonna keep on talking about it until it dissipates. Okay. So yeah, Reginald, I too believe that people do want to work. Um, um, there's a lot of jobs out there. If people are not, um, uh, educated to get the, get the position, then we need to hire someone, whether it's, um, outside of the country and stop all of this, you know, that, that we don't need one another. This is crap. Okay. So I love you, Reginald. Thank you for being so, um, so, so, so great and effective on my show. I love you, my listeners out there. I want you to be kind to yourself because if you don't have kindness, you cannot give it to others and do that and give it to others. Have a great Mother's Day. Honor your mother, your grandmother, your aunts or whoever, all the women in your life who have helped you, pulled you up and are standing by you. I will see you in two weeks. This is Teresa E. Keeves. Be safe and make it a great day. <laughs> 